0: Inclusivity, cool. You know, and rankings
1: okay. is Inherently not inclusive. Okay, great. Those are great notes from uh, and straight
0: you also men. did that hug. As your producer, I have to ask you not to touch their bodies. I love that you are a hugger. I think it's wonderful. It, I'm talking strictly from an HR standpoint. Really, wading into lawsuit territory there, and I just feel like Distillery is gonna. We've got a. We're we're on very thin ice, here. Thank you.
1: Hello. Welcome to Come On, Come Out, a weekly podcast, content made for listening that can be a series or maybe even standalone episodes, maybe, all about real lesbians telling their real coming out stories. I'm Angela Rosserman. We are joined by our guest, June Russell, so, June, is it true that you are the police of the farmer's market? Like, when a place calls himself organic, you make sure that they really are organic?
2: Well, I'd like to say sort of in a general sense that I'm more of an advocate for uh, uh, small diversified farmers and, and a market liaison, without getting into real specifics.
1: I imagine being a farm officer and a lesbian could be a good match. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, well, I'm kind of a stocky, broad-shouldered lesbian, so maybe that helps in terms of just having some physicality that might be a little bit intimidating, but mostly, um, you know, we're trying to build positive relationships and ultimately be advocates. So was
1: there one moment where you knew you were
2: gay? I think it was sort of a gradual... Awakening, you know, my first memory of liking girls was I was eight years old, and I had two older sisters that were in junior high, and I had gotten a hold of one of my sister's yearbooks, and I circled all the girls I thought were cute. And I was eight, and my sister was alarmed because I did it in ink pen, <laughs> and also, you know, I felt I felt really embarrassed, and I felt shocked that maybe I did something wrong. Was that weird? Um and nobody ever really nobody ever said anything. Um, that's kind of the amazing thing. Um I was a tomboy. Um yeah, I remember having crushes in junior high. Um, but even by high school, like you know, it was a mixed bag. Like I definitely had crushes on girls, but I also did like guys and do like guys. Like my preferences is women, but that wasn't totally inconceivable. You know, the The repre- there was a lot of repression and disassociating in a way. There was like a fantasy life and then there's real life. And they kind of stayed separate for a long time. Did you know what being gay was? No. Um, my two older sisters both ended up moving out to Los Angeles and... Becoming friends with a couple of guys who were gay. So I was 13, 14, I think, by the time I had met somebody who was actually out and identified as gay. But that was, like, Los Angeles. That was another world versus, you know, our small town in Michigan. And and there were still no women. Um, You know, um, and... Yeah, there was a, a group of guys that my sisters were friends with that were became very significant family friends. And uh, unfortunately, a couple of them died of AIDS. Um, you know, they were actually probably some of the first people. I don't know if I came out to them, but they helped me to come out. Mm-hmm. So I spent time with them after I graduated from college because I wasn't really out even until I was 25, 26. Um, and they were all like, What's your deal? You look like a big dike. And I was still uh-huh. like, <laughs> <laughs> like, Yeah, no. But uh but I am. I was. Can you tell us about your first romantic
1: moment or relationship?
2: Can I can I give a little bit of background? Mm-hmm. I guess. One of the things like I think even when I think back on this and like why why didn't I come out during college and um I was in a school that was big state school and was a swimmer there. And basically our, you know, the the culture in the locker room was very heterosexual. So that seemed not safe. And, And also, you know, comments being made about some of the women on the rugby team and some of the butch women on the basketball team and 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 i knew that like that's wasn't what i was attracted to and again i wasn't sort of seeing that model um so i was like yeah that's that's not me and um this this certainly isn't the culture um to come out into nor was there really the option i wasn't you know with anybody at that time or or even pursuing anybody so it wasn't until i moved to um a college town, I remember seeing like the first time a woman in a skirt hit on me, you know, at a bar. And it was like, now that turned my head. I was like, okay, now that I like. And so I think it was really discovering femme, like women who are femme and and femmes who like butch women was the key. And that wasn't something that I I discovered until into my mid 20s. So it really took you know a woman being very clear uh, and making the first move on me to to finally um, uh, connect um so yeah, so my my first I guess interaction was with a woman unfortunately who was not very clear about what she wanted. I think she just it was more of a spontaneous desire, but then f- she freaked out and could not deal at all with being gay or the idea of being gay so that was went on for uh after we had hooked up i was sort of tortured for several months after that i would say um by trying to pursue this woman who was giving me all kinds of mixed messages and very quickly went and got herself a boyfriend to kind of i guess run interference for her own (laughs) and panic (laughs) Me
1: and my college ex, who I think I might have mentioned briefly, Samantha Johnson, also a butch lesbian. I feel like I was always clear. No reason for her to ever think I was giving her mixed messages. And, like, I just feel like she's really stuck in her way. And if she could just, like, let go, maybe she would see that, like, what we had was actually, like, really special and really great.
2: Uh.
1: Like, well, it's just crazy because over the years, you know, I've dated CEOs, tech guys, tech girls, you know, gone to the fanciest parties, gone to private concerts, but the one date that sticks with me is a date that I went on with my college ex where we just, you know, got $10 tickets to a movie and just walked around all night. You know, that's, that's not a private Rolling Stones concert <laughs> sitting next to Sting. Have you ever needed to change your name or move or change your identity or anything like that because of like a really bad breakup and a breakup was really hard so you had to go and do all that? Um, um, no. (laughs) Right? That's what I've been saying. If you were, hypothetically, to have, you know, a messy breakup with someone years, years ago, and then they were doing a sort of, you know, rebranding the way that I'm doing, even if you had a bad breakup, would you consider
2: dating them again? Uh, uh probably not.
1: To conclude our show, we just need you to do your second coming out. A coming out that isn't for anyone else, but just for you. So get into
2: the closet. Oh, um, I, I I feel pretty well. Thank you. That's a nice gesture. Um, thanks I I I I feel pretty good about being out, Um, but it's a nice uh, nice
1: gesture. We kind of need it for the show. Okay. Careful of the door because it gets stuck. wow the fastest second coming out ever so are we done? uh uh. and there we have it from farm officer June thank you so much my pleasure um is it do you want me to see you out or do you have it? I know I can make my way out. All right. Okay, thanks again. I don't want to go into cry on this show, I swear to God. Oh. Okay.
0: You, d- you did it again. You did it again. Y- you can't talk about Samantha. Listen to me. D92 have been listening and they are concerned. What are these corporate heads so worried about? Yeah, well, they think that that you it comes across as a little aggressive, uh homophobic and that you generalize the lesbian experience. It, it just doesn't fit what what this is about. You did the hug thing again? I'm going to put on a pretty pretty tough producer face right now and I'm going to tell you we can't talk about yourself anymore and we can't talk about samantha johnson anymore if if you continue to talk about samantha johnson and i i think i read this series of emojis correctly they are going to make me return the recording equipment it's like a record player and then a gun and then a frowny face Come On Come Out was written and directed by Stuart Thorndyke, produced by Julia Botero and Crystal Duhame. Editing by Crystal Duhame. Sound design and mix by Great City Post. Original music by Jason Faulkner. Special thanks to Ingrid Youngerman, Sherry Wolf, Mary Houlihan, Gabby Hoffman, Sam J., Anna Gasteyer, June Russell, and Diane Russo. All episodes recorded at Great City Post. Come On Come Out is a production of Refinery 29, Ditmus Park Productions, and Distillery 92, who do not influence or endorse the content of this production.